Amy, do you know what feels great? What feels great? It feels great to have an old friend join us on the podcast. It's like being in the living room with a cup of coffee, relaxing, and then Mm -hmm. one of your good friends stop by, talk about old times, and Terry Zelke, who's going to be our guest, and and I go back a really long way. We started our practices back in the 70s when the ortho times were certainly much different. We've lectured together in the past, and I'm excited to talk a little bit about our cottage industry and how it's changed and been disrupted. And more importantly, I'm hoping that Terry can provide us with some um, important ways that we can adjust to it. Sound good? Sounds perfect. I can't wait. And I, and I know, you know, now we're talking about old times, so I know Terry will be dressed to the nines and... You will, nobody can pull the wool over his eyes, and you and I better mind our P's and Q's, because, um, you know, Terry will probably let the cat out of the bag, and uh, we'll, uh, I'm going to get off my high horse, because Terry's going to give us some scuttlebutt. What butt. are these things? I have no idea what I, I don't know. I just Googled <laughs> old time sayings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. That's about it. You know, I, I was trying to be like, instead of being from New York, I was trying to be kind of like kind of a little country-ish, you know, mm-hmm. but you can't take the, go. you can take the boy out of Queens. <laughs> Welcome to the survival guide for orthodontists, the podcast that makes you the authority in orthodontics in your community. Get ready for insights on how to compete on expertise and trust against mail order and retail orthodontics. It's not always about the lowest fees. And now from the people in practice team, your hosts, Dr. Leon Klempner and Amy Epstein. Welcome to the Survival Guide for Orthodontists. I'm Leon Klempner, retired board-certified orthodontist, graduate of Maryland Dental, Tufts Ortho, and currently teaching at Harvard. That's quite the resume you have there, Dad. I'm Amy Epstein. I have an MBA in marketing from Baruch College in New York City, and I co-founded People in Practice with my dad just about 10 years ago. And as he mentioned earlier, today's guest is Dr. Terry Selke. Dr. Selke is a board-certified orthodontist that's been in private practice for 38 years. He relentlessly incorporates new technologies and systems enhancements that allow his practice to achieve exceptional results with shorter, fewer appointments while decreasing total treatment time, which is quite the value proposition. Terry began teaching orthodontics and business principles at the University of Illinois at Chicago in 1970. He retired as a clinical professor, master clinician, co-clinic director, and master's thesis advisor at UIC in 2006. He teaches the bottom line practice management program and clinical orthodontics to orthodontists and their staff worldwide. Terry, thank you so much for being here today. Happy to be here. So Terry, we have so many questions for you, but wanted to start going back to what my dad mentioned earlier um, about the industry being disrupted. So as you see it, what are today's biggest orthodontic industry disruptors and have they permanently changed the industry of orthodontics? Well, there are so many disruptors, no question about it. And have they permanently changed? Forever. And if I were to go down a list of the disruptors, I would say, you know, the first one is managed care. It changed uh, what we could do, what we could get paid, et cetera. And that, that's a story that we'll, we'll never go back to 
the free market enterprise that we had, but there are many others too, like dental service organizations that have come along. And they're a disruptor because they have the deep pockets and the ability to transform the practice of dentistry and orthodontics into what is a medical model. Of, and, and that's a change that is never going to uh, ever going to be different either. And then, of course, the biggest one of the bigger ones is aligners. You know, 2001, they came along and it changed a, a world where brackets were used to straighten teeth to one where plastic was used to straighten teeth. And early days, of course, didn't work very well, but it's come a long way. And now orthodontists can get just as good a results with aligners as they can with braces. Next disruptor that came along after that was mass marketing to consumers. Again, something never had happened before. You know, orthodontics was a cottage industry and it was word of mouth and patient referrals that created uh, the practices that we all had. But now there's mass marketing to create a demand and drive people to specific offices as a result of that marketing. Then more recently, a big disruptor is direct to consumer orthodontics where, mm-hmm. you know, they go directly around the, the ortho, the dentist who is the traditional uh, referral to the orthodontist directly to consumers. And in fact, they capture the patients without their really integrating with a practitioner at all. And mm-hmm. virtual orthodontics is the next step. So all those things are disruptors to be sure. They're all permanent, and we as a profession have to adjust accordingly. Yeah, you know, you know, Terry, you you mentioned so many, so much in there, but that last one seems to hit a raw nerve with most orthos. The the direct to consumer, the big purples out there, the big corporate dollars, and and how how things have really created a. Um, a difficult position for orthodontists to be in advertising, you know, one third the fee and why do you need an orthodontist? So let me ask you, what can a private practice orthodontist do to compete with direct to consumer orthodontics and and even DSOs? Well, I think what it boils down to is today's consumers are different from consumers of, let's say, 30 years ago. Today's consumers want fast, they want cheap, they want convenience. And unless we as a profession give them that, they're going to work, uh, go to a place where they can find it. And that is going to be the DSOs. It is going to be direct-to-consumer type of operations like Smile Direct Club and so forth. And and we need to understand that that's t- the nature of today's consumers. And if we're going to compete with them for patients and provide the care as professionals, instead of these other environments we have to give them again convenience cost and that's important so i mean how do you compete with you know eighteen hundred dollars or whatever they charge for aligners i mean and and how do you compete with not going to a doctor just you know mailing away and and getting aligners it seems like you know it's a it's a we're going to lose on that well, here's what we have done in our area. A few years ago, we, we created a, a concept called Orthomate in my area. And it basically is a, is a partnership, if you will, a collaboration between area dentists and our practice. And the objective was to provide a collaborative treatment at a competitive price to the direct-to-consumer model. 
where patients could be, you know, could derive doctor-driven care, specialty treatment, uh, but provided by a dentist with an orthodontist looking over the dentist's shoulder to, to monitor the care and make sure that the treatment is done properly. And of course, for that to happen requires an AI-driven monitoring system, which we use that's called dental monitoring. And the net result of it is we can provide a competitive price to the direct-to-consumers, and we do. And we provide far superior care because our treatment is based on far superior records, treatment designed by an orthodontist, but provided by a dentist. I think that I think is is our best way to compete with the, the current models that are out there. So let me let me get this straight because you know I'm, I'm listeners, our listeners probably are as confused as I am. So you can clear this up. So you are partnering with the general dentist. You don't see the general dentist as a competitor. Um, you're actually partnering with them. Could you just explain that a little further? Well, the process goes this way. The dentist, actually, we've created posters and brochures for the dental practices where they, the, the net result of the, pro, the, the posters and brochures is patients ask the dentist, the poster will say something like, have you ever thought about a better smile? And this creates a conversation. And the patient will say to the dentist, yeah, I've always wanted a better smile. I've always been unhappy with this tooth or that, whatever it might be. And that allows the dentist to then say, you know what, I think that you, we can resolve what your problems are. And we work with this orthodontic practice to provide the changes that you're looking for in a, a very cost competitive way where it will be just as convenient for you to have your care done meaning very minimal visits as if you went to one of these mail order places that's how it so, begins so so who who actually does the treatment i mean who, the treatment who, is actually provided by the dentist mm -hmm. but with the orthodontist overseeing everything the orthodontist provides a treatment plan the orthodontist orders the aligners the orthodontist monitors every stage of the treatment. It's only a liner treatment. This is not something that works well with brackets. There's too many other things that can happen with brackets. And the best part about it is the orthodontist, because he's, he or she is in charge of the treatment. Uh, if a patient is beyond the capabilities of, of what a dentist should be providing, meaning limited treatment, then the patient becomes the, the the patient of the orthodontic practice and the dentists that we work with are very happy to have that kind of differentiation. So the net result is the patient always is going to get care that's appropriate for the needs of the patient. The only question is whether that care will be delivered by the dentist or by an orthodontist. So the dentist would initially uh, engage their current patients and then refer them to the orthodontic specialist for a diagnosis and evaluation that the orthodontist decides whether it's a limited or, or comprehensive care. If it's comprehensive beyond the scope, then they would just treat them. And, and, and if not, then they would be eligible for this kind of hybrid treatment. Exactly, exactly. 
And importantly, the limited treatment can be done at a, at, at a cost competitive to the direct consumers type of, of practices and models. And also importantly, with dental monitoring and, and remote monitoring of care, we can do it in so few visits that there, we've also given patients the other thing they're looking for, which is convenience. Hmm. My question about this is, is it, what, what allows the cost to be so competitive? Is it the dental monitoring and the reduction in the number of visits? Because now there's, there's two entities that are, you know, pulling profit from the one fee. So is it the, the DM and uh, the number of visits being so reduced? Well, there's a number of factors. The first one is that with fewer visits, the, the cost can be driven down because there's less doctor time involved in providing the care. And the remote monitoring is the vehicle that allows for that. Another issue is the direct-to-consumer model does not allow for billing of insurance. And a lot of consumers, including adults today, have orthodontic benefits. So, you know, if there is an insurance plan that will pay a portion of the bill, the, the part the insurance doesn't cover is oftentimes less than what the direct-to-consumer uh, mm. model would show as a price. I see. And mm -hmm. another thing, too, that I think probably is important to bring out is that when consumers think about price, they don't think about really anything too much more than how much a month. Because mm -hmm. they, they want a product or service, the question that needs to be answered is, can I pay it? And they, they know what their budget is. They know how much they can pay a month. And if we can address the how much a month, they're going to make the proper decision, which is they're smart enough to know that doctor-driven care is better than mail-order care. Mm -hmm. So how do you get around the, the legal issue of fee splitting? It would seem that this would be like a big red flag in, in terms of the general dentist referring to you and you having a special financial arrangement with the dentist, that, that's just screams of trouble. Well, actually, one of the things that I did when we set up the OrthoMate program is we got legal opinion. And basically, you get around it this way. The provider of care in the situation where it's limited treatment and the dentist does the care is provided by the dentist the fee is derived to the dentist, the orthodontist in that circumstance gets a set fee, which is a consulting fee. And there's many models out there where, you know, a dentist or someone can hire a consultant to, uh, to consult with not only treatment, but the monitoring of treatment. So there's a set fee as a consulting fee that is paid to the consultant based upon whatever service that consultant provides, the balance of the fee after expenses goes to the provider himself. Huh. Wow. Okay. Well, it's, it's certainly uh, one way to lock in referrals and kind of insulate yourself yeah. from DSOs, right? Right. Very much so. Very much so. And so is this model, uh, you said it's in place in, in where you are, so, and it's, I, I'm assuming it's working well for you and it, are others deploying this type of model elsewhere? Like how, how long has this been happening and, and, you know, how's the proof of concept going? I developed this concept in uh, 2018 mm -hmm. and it was basically in response to the direct-to-consumer impact on our marketplace. 
And since that time, there's, I know of two or three other orthodontic practices where I've consulted with them on the model itself, and they have developed the same kind of thing in their local area. Uh, importantly, you know, I've taken this concept to the AAO and the ADA and suggest that this collaborative approach toward doctor-driven care could be very well the, the, the solution to the direct-to-consumer problem that, that everyone is facing in the, in the profession of dentistry and orthodontics. And I think a big part of this whole thing really is going to boil down to how do you let consumers know that there is an alternative to direct-to-consumer? that would be cost competitive and convenient. And I've even come up with an answer for that, which is I've created a not-for-profit that's called standard of care. And a certain percent of the money that is derived from the treatment fee of patients in this model goes into a pot. The pot of money is used for direct-to-consumer marketing of there is a difference between doctor-driven care and mail-order care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we feel really strongly about that too. It's, you know, that same strategy is what we uh, employ for our clients that, you know, we, we've had this, of course, this issue for our clients, um, you know, since around the time that direct-to-consumer um, marketing started happening. And so, yeah, we do the exact same thing on a local level. And so you're talking about doing it on an industry level, like a, on an association level broadly, or is this? Yes. Okay. Uh, my that's goal great. is to, to turn this whole concept over to organized dentistry, give them the tools because I've developed mm-hmm. the tools and systems to make this work and work well and provide exceptional care to what can be provided in direct-to-consumer. And I've also created a model whereby these organizations would have the funds for patient education that they've never had for any kind of Mm -hmm. public education type of program. Mm -hmm. And I think if consumers know that there is an alternative that would be doctor-driven, no consumer in their right mind is going to choose an alternative to that. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, obviously, AI is, you know, underpinning a lot of this model. Um, And I know I've heard you say before, AI-driven care is the biggest disruptor of your career. So talk a little bit about the evolution of AI, um, you know, in your practice and, um, and how it's, it's been such a disruptor in in your career. Well, you know, AI, first of all, is not new. I mean, it's been around for a long time. And if you look at the medical model, there, there are a lot of examples. The best example is pacemakers, for Pete's sake. They came around in 1958. So pacemaker has been around as a tool to, to monitor heart rate and even to provide, you know, let's say that jolt when someone goes into AFib or something like that. That's mm-hmm. 1958. So it started in medicine. And, there, you know, if you look at the medical model and what's going on there, you know, CPAP machines, Fitbit, insulin level monitors, screening centers, remote treatment in drug stores, and now online diagnosis and treatment. And I could go on and on on what's happened in medicine that involves remote treatment, remote monitoring. And the objective of all of that was always the same, reduce the number of appointments, reduce the cost. And that's in response to managed care and all the other things that are going on in the world 
that are impacting on the profession of medicine. And, you know, I guess you would have to ask, why wouldn't we expect that to happen in dentistry too? And guess what? It's our turn now. So it is our turn. And, you know, dentists might say, well, or orthodontists might say, it's impossible to do remote diagnosis and monitoring and so forth. And I would tell you that is absolutely not true. Um, it has to be AI driven or else it is too labor intensive to work. And currently there's only one company that has an AI driven remote monitoring of care, and that's dental monitoring. Uh, but aside from that, think about the possibilities of AI driven diagnosis. And you know, many dentists would say that's impossible. And I, I would tell you that's not impossible because in France, there is an AI driven uh, program where there is diagnosis of caries, periodontal disease, and everything else using artificial intelligence and also colorimetry and other things that is being used by the French government to diagnose uh, dental problems in nursing homes, in the armed forces, in prisons, and so forth. And the French government has used this obviously as a cost containment issue, but it's saving them hundreds of millions of dollars a year on the diagnosis side. So if it works in France, it'll work in the US. And you know, just think about the possibilities of you know what can happen, but I frankly think will happen in dentistry as as these tools become more and more available in dentistry. Uh, I think important to this whole discussion too is because of it, I think it's quite possible for orthodontic treatment to be specialty driven, where a specialist is the one who's going to take the appropriate records. A specialist is going to determine what treatment is appropriate as well as who will provide the care a specialist will monitor the treatment to make sure it's progressing as it should. And it can be scaled in a way that a large population can be treated uh, in a very concise and quality driven model. Well, I, I tell you, Terry, um, this is, you know, what I would call um, revolutionary. I mean, it's more than evolutionary. This is a a concept that uh, we haven't, at least I haven't, seen before, and it's a it's a novel approach. Um, you know, here at People in Practice, we see the practices uh, that we manage um, uh, uh, showing tremendous growth that are leveraging the uh, remote monitoring aspect into their practice. We have some that are a hundred percent remote monitoring in terms of their their treatment. So we know. That, that it's an effective tool. We know it's, it's something that um, re, you know, makes it more convenient for patients and, and can lower the costs or increase the profit. So we know all of that works. But this element of engaging the general dentist, this is something new. And um, this is something that, that we haven't heard of before. Um, but you know, that's where the patients are. And the relationship, you know, uh, with the with with general dentists and their patients are strong, and um, this is uh, certainly a way to tap into it. But there are so many moving parts here, and there's so it, to me it sounds so complicated. Um, tell me how our listeners that might be interested in learning a little bit more about how they could 
you know, dip their feet into this model a little bit, how could they learn more about moving in this direction? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, Actually, in February of next year, on the island of Aruba, there's going to be a four-day program that incorporates all of this. It includes all of the things that we've talked about, all the disruptors, but also parties that would be involved in making this model work. And I set up Aruba in February because it's the dead of winter. It's a nice place to go. The weather is great. Uh, It's a safe place to go. Uh, And the objective of the meeting is to take all of these moving parts, put them together, and to teach to anyone who would come. And by the way, this program is only for orthodontists, only for orthodontists, to teach them how to incorporate all of these things, the how, the why, the when, importantly, the why. Why do I want to do this? You know, what's the benefit to me? What's the benefit to my patient? Importantly, to how to incorporate it, how to make it work in a in a busy orthodontic practice and everything that you want to know. And all the players are going to be there, including, by the way, you, Leon. I have invited mm-hmm. you to be part of the program and your you and your knowledge and all the stuff that you bring to the table from people in practice You'll be on the moderating panels with me uh, as we bring all the players together for the the value proposition for the audience. Yeah, well, I, I'm definitely interested in learning more about it. You know, we we anything that could grow an orthodontic practice is people in practice material. So <laughs> I I definitely will be there, and and um, uh, I'm interested in in you know, the nuts and bolts of this to see if it's something that we could recommend to, you know, our clients and and move in a a direction that may be able to be the answer to how do we compete with with not only the um, direct-to-consumer, but the growing DSO market that is squeezing out, you know, uh, individual specialty practices. So, um, um, I, I appreciate uh, all the work that you've put into this because uh, it, it's certainly not something that uh, come, not, that somebody could just come up with and, and run with it. So hats off to you, Terry. Well, thank you. For the sake of anyone who might be interested in that course, there's a place they can go, which is my website, www.orthobottomline.com. And they can get all the information that they want on that February course. And it it is limited attendance. It is orthodontist only. That sounds great. Terry, thank you so much for lending your insight and expertise with us today. And in general, uh, it's always good to connect with you. Uh, In the meantime, uh, is the website the best place for our listeners to reach out to you directly? Or if they have a question for you specifically, can they, they send you an email? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, they can absolutely send an email to me. My email address is tselke at comcast.net. There's two L's in Selkie, but if they want to reach out to me directly, happy to, to talk with any of your listeners. No problem. Wonderful. Thanks again. And Terry, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, okay, Terry. Okay, you guys. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. You can subscribe or download other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate you telling a colleague. 
For more information about people in practice, you can sign up for our free marketing newsletter on our website at pplpractice.com. And thank you for listening. Uh, If you'd like to contact me directly, you can reach me at leon at pplpractice.com. And if you want the best marketing company in the world, you can go to pplpractice.com and learn about all of our services. We're in the golden age. We've got to take advantage of it and keep our ears open and our eyes open to new ideas. And certainly you got one today. So it's worth uh, learning a little bit more about. So until next time, from Amy and I, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Survival Guide for Orthodontists, where we help your practice grow within a massively disrupted industry. Subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on social media. Find us online at thesurvivalguidefororthodontists.com.